0: Jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender. With
1: Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements.
0: Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me,
1: Dante Bosco.
0: Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements. Wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen... My first guest tonight is currently the longest-serving late-night host on TV. He's the old man of the mountain. He's the Mandarin without melanin. Please welcome Conan O'Brien. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Ed Sullivan Theater.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Please, sir, you've been drinking. Uh, Last time you were here, you were with Dave. That's right. Yeah, yeah, David Letterman. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah it was a couple of years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. First of all, I want to congratulate you. You an amazing job. This guy's doing a great job. Oh, thanks oh, you very, very much. Doing a great job. Thanks very much. I mean that from my heart. I caught. I never miss a show. I caught Tuesday's show. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, I think it was. Yes. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah. You know, it's
0: funny. That night, and I don't know why, I was thinking about you. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I didn't say anything to anybody, but in here, I was watching the TV so hard that night. Yeah. And I could see yeah. I was getting into your head. Yeah. And yeah. I was all the way back in L.A. Wow. Where I was on Tuesday. Exactly.
0: You know? Talk about this with Tig Notaro, my next guest tonight. Mm-hmm. Talk with us about her. She wants to talk to you, I heard. Okay. Yeah, I this. saw her backstage. Yeah, it's the next yeah. one on... Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, uh, by the way, uh, I, I know you're a, a fan of Dave's. I'm a huge fan of Dave's. You wrote This a is Dave Letterman again, is that David right? Dave Letterman, exactly, okay. yeah. All right. Also, Dave, the guy from
1: Wendy's. But, yes! Um, but Wendy's has the best burger. You're square. Um, yeah, yeah, David Letterman. Well, we all, we grew up revering David Letterman. Of course, David of course Letterman. Dave is the best. You yeah, wrote a, a lovely a tribute to him in EW right before he left uh, this, he stage. Uh, this stage. As he was departing this stage, I wanted to write an appreciation piece, and mm-hmm. so I wrote a piece about Dave and uh did you ever hear from him did you like did ever uh, say thanks for that (laughs) or did he talk to you after he's left i did hear from him yes i did hear from him uh what happened was i wrote this nice appreciation piece of dave and i just said how much he meant to me and to all the comedians of my generation and then word came back that dave appreciated what i had written and that he'd be sending me something my way and i was like this is i mean i was excited and i thought this is gonna be like an amazing bottle of wine Chocolates, uh, Hummel figurines that are hard to find. This is going to be something (laughs) really extraordinary, and I was I was looking forward to it. But I thought this would be cool. So it's the next day, and it's an hour before the show. And the only way I can talk to you because you're a fellow host. Sure. Uh, You're before an hour before the show. You're concentrating. You're getting ready. Yeah, pressure cooker. Yeah, body's being waxed, oiled, and (laughs) you're being lowered into the suit. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the wardrobe guy, stop eating. Uh, And (laughs) And I, uh, I hear there's a truck that's trying to get onto the Warner Brothers lot in Los Angeles, and it's having a hard time getting on the lot. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, it's too wide. The truck is so big, it can't get on the lot. And it's the carrying the gift from Dave. <laughs> My mind starts to go nuts, because you and I, we've done well, but we've done OK. This guy. It's Dave. It's Dave. He owns the entire state of Montana, you know? Oh, yeah. He, he had the whole he, thing
0: waxed. Yeah, he had it
1: all. He has, he's a very wealthy man. Mm-hmm. And he's got his, you know, fingers in every pot, if that's even an expression. And... It's not. It's not. That was terrible. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, Unless the pot has pie in it. Probably, yeah, I know. It's, it's Tuesday. Yeah. It's early in the week and I have trouble. Uh, it's Wednesday. It's Friday. We'll fix that. It's Friday. You don't edit that out, you keep that in! That's the magic! You've gotta learn, Colbert! So, the truck can't get on the lot. He's getting me back on track, all right. <laughs> truck can't get on the lot, and I'm going crazy, because this is like, a, he's a car guy, this guy has Porsches, I'm thinking, he's giving me a vintage Porsche. Sure. My mind went there. Yeah. I'm, this is amazing, I'm gonna have to get the crazy leather gloves. Then they tell me it's here and it's ready. I go downstairs, I walk outside, right outside my stage. The truck is unloaded. Two cowboys in full chaps, cowboy hats, holding the biggest, most beautiful horse, horse, horse I have ever seen. Do now, you, Do you a, ride horses? No, I don't ride horses. And here's the thing. The men, they gave me, hand me a lovely note from Dave. They say goodbye, and they leave. Look at my expression after they've left. Look at the expression on my face. <laughs> That's a man who doesn't know what to do with a horse. Turns out, I look into it. You got to feed him. You've got to board them. You've got to treat them humanely. Everyone I tell says it's from David Letterman. Oh, and guess what the horse's name is? Dave. Thank you. Was it really Dave? Or was yes, it a joke Dave? the horse's real name is Dave. Does it answer? He to searched the- all of the world for a horse named Dave. Narcissism, maybe, and uh, so then do I do you have, have to- a farm? No, I don't have a farm. Stephen, you know me. I don't have a farm. I've never been I barely invited... have a house.
0: I've never been invited to your house. I've so
1: invested very poorly, and, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, insanity. I, I, I have to room it. I have to board it. Then I, get a, I say, you know what? Dave gave me a horse. I'm going to ride that horse and learn how to ride it. I go out to the place where I'm spending a lot of money to ride it. I go to get on it, and they say, I wouldn't get on that horse if I were you. I said, why not? And they said, that horse is crazy. <laughs> Not kidding, this is all 100% true. Then they said that horse is so crazy that it's thrown two people that have tried to ride it. If that horse is gonna stay here, you have to get a letter, a legal letter drawn up by a lawyer, an expensive horse lawyer, that will indemnify you in case the horse injures anybody. So I do that, that costs a lot of money. Then I'm getting curious and I say to the people taking care of the horse, because by this point one of my children is no longer being schooled. This is costing so much. It's the boy, it wasn't gonna work out anyway. He's good with his hands. The thing is, they say, I say to the guy, I say like, this horse is probably getting kind of old though, right? And he went, oh no, this is a young horse. It's gonna live a long time. I'm going insane. I don't know what to do. It's draining, It's costs a fortune and I have the horse for two years. Finally, my wife cracks it, God bless her. She found a place and this is not a joke. I have the real website where the horse can live. It's an equine massage center where the horse, this is real, this is, think Four Seasons Resort for horse. We donated the horse and what happens is students massage the horse all day long so it learns, so they learn how to massage a horse. And so the It's an insane horse. It's an insane horse, but no one's riding it. It's getting massaged all day long. If I was the horse, I'd be suspicious thinking they're tenderizing me, but, but no. Massaged all day long, the horse is in heaven and the horse, this is a real picture of Dave the horse at the massage center, has met and fallen in love with another horse, coincidentally named Charlie Rose. So that's a true story. Wow, wow. That is a true story. I learned then- I don't, I don't care if it's true or not. I, I enjoyed it so much. I learned then that Dave is a genius, but he's an evil genius. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Okay. You're going to be all right? It's all going to be good. No, uh,
0: I, I feel very good. Is this good. mine?
1: Where's mine? That's is that yours mine? right
0: there. That's yours right there. Oh. No, this is like a vacation. I just I asked you one question. And, <laughs> and we're, we're, how many is it? We're nine minutes in to your answer. <laughs> when you get a guest like you, I how ex- excited are you when you get a guest like you? You're like, oh, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't have to do anything.
1: I don't get guests like me.
0: Um, <laughs> you you,
1: you both guess. complimented yourself and insulted your show. I complimented at the same myself. Time. I complimented myself while putting down my show and then waved to a crowd. <laughs> that was the triple, that was the trifecta right there. That's rarely been done. Uh, We've got to take a little break. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back with more Conan O'Brien.
0: We're here with the lovely and talented Conan O'Brien. You have gone to seven countries in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, went to Cuba, yep. Ar- Armenia, mm-hmm. Qatar, South Korea, Germany, Mexico, and most recently you went to Israel. Yeah. yeah. incredible trip. Yeah. Incredible trip. I love following it on all the things you posted on Twitter, too. I love like, sort of the, the posting yeah. of the place you went. What, do you, what did you love most about going to Israel? Because I think this is a fantastic idea. You go to be a common fool you know, for, for two peoples who don't talk to each other, like the Palestinians and Israelis. You're there, and you're the common element between the two. They both think that you're ridiculous, I imagine.
1: It's not the way I would have put it, but yes. I mean, that's a compliment. That's I know. Compliment. I, <laughs> I, uh... I love, my, my greatest joy is trying to make people laugh that don't even speak English, don't know who I am. I love that, I love going to these uh, other countries. And I, this idea started very naturally when we went to Cuba and then it just sort of took off from there. But it's a little bit of sort of quasi diplomacy through comedy, just I like to show that Americans are curious, we're humble, We're we're, we're okay to look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you laugh at us. Um, Every time I see you doing one of these, I think, oh, damn it, that was such a great idea.
0: You know, I feel like you've stolen something great from the rest of us.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yes, more or less. Uh, (laughs) No, really, honestly. Yeah, uh, no, you know, what's nice is that uh, it's it's something that has energized me the last couple of years. It's given me, uh, since we started doing it, I love it so much. Uh, that it gives me, you know, someone who gets to my point with one of these shows might think, well, it's time to go join the horse at the equine massage school. Uh, Sounds good. But it is, uh, it, I have all of this energy now because I absolutely love doing it, and they let us go everywhere. When I show up with a camera crew, they let us into places that normally they wouldn't let other well, people... You were in the Holy Land. They, we went to the Holy Land. We're Roman, in the... Catholic. Roman, yes. Catholic, Roman Catholic. Catholic. Roman Catholic. Yeah. You, what was it like? Did you go to, like, the... Via Rosa or, or We went the... to a bunch of the sites. We saw them quickly, but we wanted to. We asked, is it okay if we see the Church of the Nativity? And they said yes. Now, the Church of the Nativity, uh, this is where they, they say that uh, Christ was born on this spot. The manger? In the manger. They say the manger's down there, and you go down. And they said, come on in. It's, you can come in, and you can come down with your camera crew and with your sound operator, you can come down and you can shoot this for your show because this is very important. We know who you are. We know you've come to Israel on this mission of peace. Come on down. So we start going down these long, winding steps that take you. I mean, beautiful, amazing church, but then it gets very claustrophobic. You're going down a long hill, I mean, a, you know, into the ground, spiraling. I've got a cameraman with a big camera. I've got a sound guy uh, who uh, has got a giant machine strapped to his chest with sound dials, and he's got a long boom microphone. Boom microphone. I don't know if you guys have one, but it's like six feet long. I'll buy you one. And uh, it's got a, it's got like a big fluffy mic at the end, and that's how he gets the sound. And we're going down the steps, and I'm noticing the thing swinging around kind of wildly. And we get down to the bottom, and they say this. This is the site where Christ was born. And it's very powerful. They're showing you this is where Christ was born. And my sound guy is struggling with his big, long stick. And I don't want to sell him out and give his name or anything, but it's Jason Munoz. And uh, (laughs) his guild number is 44245. (laughs) But he's trying, doing the best he can. He said, this is where Christ was born. And then they have another star that's about five feet away. And they say, and this is where he was laid in the manger. And I see this. So they say that they go. This is where Christ was born, and this. And I see Jason swing around with the boom, hit an 800-year-old lamp that's hanging from the ceiling. Katang, hot oil blah, 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 off the candles down onto Jason. Some got on the priest. He was fine, but the and there's and, and then the this, this thing's going. Ee-ah, ee-ah, ee. And then the guy is saying. And over here is where three Stooges sketch. Thing comes around. Bang! Wang, Wang, fire bang. to the Nativity. It was. I mean, I'm sure you know somewhere Christ is like, get him out of there, get him out. Somewhere, Some- get him. Somewhere. Christ is somewhere saying that. Sometimes- he's everywhere saying that. He's someplace specific in my uh, mind. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. We all have okay. different theories yeah, about yeah. where Christ may be exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I'm glad you didn't destroy the Church of the Nativity. We I didn't mean there. to
1: do that. No, I'm nobody telli- means to. I am telling... <laughs> I'm telling you that... Uh, I'm telling all countries that might see this, don't let, let us in, let me in, don't let the sound guy in. That's all I'm saying. We got to take another break. I'm sorry, but we do. We'll be right back with more Conan O'Brien. Don't go anywhere. Whoa.
0: Listen to
1: "Blood Is Thicker: The Hargan Family Killings" early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.
0: Hey, everybody! We're back here with Conan O'Brien. Now, uh, we did this puberty challenge last week uh, for Puerto Rico relief, and there were a lot of good ones. THERE WERE A LOT OF GOOD ONES OUT THERE, BUT THERE WAS ONLY ONE THAT WAS VISIBLE FROM SPACE. Yeah.
1: UN-BELIEVABLE. un WHAT A SWEET KID. Uh, uh, THAT'S that A is... KID THAT DREAMED ONE DAY I'LL HAVE A HORSE. THAT WAS A KID. <laughs> HE LOOKS LIKE YOU'RE NOT QUITE MAKING CONTACT WITH THE LENS.
0: Nope. YOU'RE FALLING SLOWLY IN LOVE WITH THE PHOTOGRAPHER'S LEFT SHOULDER THERE. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, so this little boy went on to be uh, a serious uh, kid at Harvard University where he wanted to be a serious writer, I understand. Yeah. You're a, you're a, you're a big um, uh, Flannery O'Connor fan, I understand. Yes. So yeah. am I. That's nice. Every the rises must converge. What's your favorite Flannery O'Connor short story? Uh,
1: probably a good man. Uh, it's hard to it's find. It's hard to find. That's yeah, great. I, uh, the enduring
0: chill for me.
1: Yes. I, uh, I also love Wise Blood. Sure. And we are losing audience so fast right now. Uh, they, turned off the, they turned off the cameras halfway through that horse story. It's just
0: all of this. <laughs> but I understand you wanted to be a serious writer. Like, what happened
1: to the series? I'm serious? not answering your questions now. What the hell is that? Was that? No, (laughs) I'm (laughs) kidding. No, you know it's funny because when I first got into comedy, I very much didn't want people to know. People didn't know anything about me when I got the late night show, and I I I got it so abruptly nobody knew who I was. And the one thing they found out is that I had gone to Harvard, and I was horrified by that because suddenly people because there are a lot of people that think, oh, he's one of those, you know, he's going to come on the air with a pipe and he's going to (laughs) think. He's better than us, and I bet he's a real creep. And uh, sorry, Harvard, but that's what happens. And, uh, and I had worked very hard. I had been a very serious... I was funny with my friends, but I was a really hard-working kid, and I had worked really hard, and I had gone to this school, and I was very proud of the work I had done, and I wanted to be a serious writer. And then I got involved in comedy I was in college. As I graduated, my parents gave me a Harvard-class signet ring, and it meant a lot to me that my parents gave it to me, and so they gave me this ring, and I put it on my, my finger and wore it when I just first graduated in 1985. I was 22 years old, and I go out to L.A. to get started in comedy. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of money. I was living in a $380 a month apartment and, at the time, and I fell in with a bunch of other comedy writers. They said, you want to play basketball with us? You look tall. I said, yeah. So we started... <laughs> that's the only thing that qualified me, seriously. Uh, and so I started playing pickup games of basketball with improvisers and comedians, and we would do it in different venues, and they... One day they picked a venue that was kind of sort of in East L.A. It was getting down towards East L.A. and I'd never been in that part of town before but I go down there and I'm playing basketball and I'm having a good time and someone uh, passes me the ball really fast and it jams up my finger. I forgot to take off the ring, which I always did. And my ring starts to swell up. I mean, the, the finger starts to swell up around the ring. And someone said, you gotta go to the emergency room and get that cut off, that's a problem. And I went, I really, I can't, this is, I got on they said you got to go to the emergency room it's bad. So I went to the nearest emergency room and it's a tough emergency room. There's real stuff going on there and I'm waiting in the emergency room and they put me in a room. And I swear to god this is a true story. I'm in this room and I'm standing there, I'm 22 year old me and I'm standing there and I'm holding my hand and a woman comes in with a clipboard and she goes, "All right, what are you what's your problem?" The guy said, "I got shot in the face." <laughs> A guy shot me in the face with a 22, and it went through my cheek and I'm bleeding through and she was like, what's your story? There were two pit bulls fighting and I was trying to break them up and they tore the flesh off my arms. <laughs> what's your story? My friend threw acid on me. And then she was like, you! And everyone turns around and looks at me and I go, the ring, the Harvard ring is tight. IT'S A tight RING! Uh, uh, uh. Wow. They cut it off. They made me wait for hours. Then they cut it off and they bent it back nine times. Like, screw you, buddy. And gave it back to me. It looked like a little... It looked like it had re-entered orbit when they were done with it. Do you still have the ring? I don't. It I, I was useless to me afterwards, you know? I think I threw it at someone in rage. Uh, well, uh, lovely to have you here. I do love you, friend. I love you too. You're a good man. Congratulations, thank you.
0: This has been the Late Show, Pancho, with Stephen Colbert. We'll be dropping classic bits and celebrity interviews seven days a week while the show's away on summer break. The Late Show will be back on September sixth with all new episodes. If you're enjoying the Late Show, Pancho. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts.